your haircut. <laughs> <laughs> I think now we should talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> you usually bring it up, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, a, I'm open anything. Yeah, I'm an open book. All right. That's good because I've already started the recorder. Yeah, <laughs> we thought so. Here we go. Yeah. 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 Welcome to episode 43 of Running Matters. I'm known as Wolfie and I'm joined with my co-host today, Hattie. How are you, mate? Good, Wolf. How are you, mate? Very well. Only three weeks to Surf Coast Century. How's the training going? Yeah, a bit stiff today. Had a big long run yesterday, 44, 45K. So, yeah, feeling every 40 of my years. <laughs> And go. 44 of my Ks. <laughs> yeah, but ready. On track. What about you? On track, mate. Ready to go. Looking forward to it. Okay. It's good. It's Punching out another 60K tomorrow. I think I'm just going to just do it 40. <laughs> After listening to Rowan Browning, have you brought your, uh, your Ks back a little bit yeah, this, yeah. this week? Yeah, I'm just going to do 100 metres. <laughs> yeah, <good. laughs> 10 by 1. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Very suggestible. That's right. <laughs> And uh, our special guests today are the 100 guys. We've got Judge, Adam Goods, and Dan Wagstaff. Thanks for coming in, guys, and giving up your time. Absolutely. Pleasure. Pleasure. Before we get into it, I'd like to thank our partners, Ranala, Goo Energy, Guyme Allied Health, Sydney Brewery, and Surf Coast Century Fractal Running Caps. How are the beers, guys? Amazing. What Tremendous. Do you, what do you got, Dan? What are you having? I'm on the, uh, the Surrey Hills Pills. Yep. Uh, yeah, a nice little pilsner from Surrey, uh, Sydney Brewery. Very nice. It's going all right. And what about you, Goodsy? I'm just opening now the Glamorama Summer Ale. Sounds a little bit more on my heart. It's a bit of a fancier can, that one. Yeah, I know. I'm a, I'm a can guy, hey. Yeah. But yeah, it's tasty. You look like a can guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm on, I'm on the Lovedale Lager. It's my, I think it must be my second go at it, but yeah. it feels like my first. <laughs> Yeah, You're in the lager too. I'm on the lager. It feels like the diesel of the range, I reckon. Yeah. I love that lager. Yeah. Could be a little session one. You could set in there. Yeah. I've got the Pato Pale. It's my, my new favourite. Yeah. It's delightful. Yeah. Thanks, Sydney Brewery. Yeah. Thank you. Good partner. I'd also like to thank Jimmy Carroll for doing the editing behind the scenes. Coastal Classics on next weekend. That's uh, very exciting. So, yeah. any, any tips? I mean, you've uh, smashed it out. My my times. my tip is to go out real hard <laughs> until you get to Gary, and then just see what happens. Yeah, this and is a common theme that comes out every podcast. <laughs> the first ten k's are real easy, so <laughs> yeah. there's a bit of room to open up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was your goal heart rate like 180 for the first five games? <laughs> it actually was. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't my goal, but no, it happened. That's what you worked to. <laughs> yeah. And then exploded for the third time running. Not a quick learner, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. What about you? Any tips? Uh, don't go out too fast. Ah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> You'll suffer for the next 25 Ks. Yeah. That's my tip. Yeah, it happened. It's built to suffer. Yeah. And save yourself. It gets sandy at 27. Soft sand at 27 Ks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty tough there, so save a bit in the tank for the 27k mark, I reckon. Good call. Mm. Who's your tip to take it out this year? Who Who's the big guns racing? No idea, but yeah. Benny St. Lawrence would be hard to beat. Then. <laughs> two, two hours seven yeah. from last year. Crazy. Wow. All, all the extra staircases put in there, you might go sub two. Fire. Breaking two project. Breaking two project. <laughs> That's moving. Yeah. For 30k's on the sand, it's not too bad. I've heard he's a friend of the show. Unconfirmed. We should interview him. Yeah. Benny Saint. He's got a good story, actually. If, you, if you're listening, Benny, let's sit down and have a few beers. If he's listening. Come on. Of course he's listening. Of course he's listening. 
With the calibre of guests this week, of course. That's right. <laughs> anyway, so tell me, Goodsy, we'll go you first. Tell me a bit about your background in running. How, how did you get into it? <laughs> I could probably already almost just pass the mic straight over to you, Hattie, because you've been a big part of my uh, running journey up until now. Probably only been really taking it somewhat more seriously for the best part of four years, having a big uh, background more in rugby league, uh, playing in my junior footy, Yarrawarra and Engadine, and then all my junior reps with Cronulla. That was probably a lot more of my purpose and more of my focus up to about the age of 22. And um, yeah, 16 kilos less nowadays and trying to get moving a bit more. It's kind of my You'll blow over in a stiff breeze. <laughs> probably, probably plenty of people have been saying that to me lately. But uh, We'll talk yeah. weight later, but yeah. <laughs> but that's, uh, yeah, definitely the cha- the focus has changed from, from footy and to uh, more endurance running in the last couple of years. Okay. And what was the impetus there? Like, what, what, what brought you across? I really wanted to do my first full marathon. Uh, the big motivator was that I actually didn't think I would, would be able to do it. Yep. And I remember quite a few years prior, I'd run a half marathon with a client and literally had... The mindset that I, oh, you know, running for ninety minutes, I'm sure I'll be able to, you know, nine minutes, two hours, I'm sure I'll be able to knock this over. You know, mm. playing footy every weekend, just such an arrogant mindset going into it, and suffered like you wouldn't believe. Just, you know, hanging on for dear life, and then sort of realised if you're going to commit to a goal like that, you've really got to respect the event and put in the right training, and like a lot of people do, and you know. I know it sounds cliched, but got the bug and just yeah. got into it from there and gateway into some trail stuff. And then, yeah. Here we are. Here we are. Very good. What about you, Aggie? Mates, I... Very similar story to, to Goodsy in that um, I came up uh, when I was younger playing rugby league and that was always my focus. Yeah. Then, actually, it's how I met Goodsy. I started in the personal training industry and, and worked at the same places as uh as goodsy you guys were both with vision originally yeah yeah yeah. so that was where i started my personal training career and i believe it was where you started yours too yeah um but i got into running a client of mine said she wanted to run a half marathon so i said okay well the right thing to do is so same story similar story (laughs) yeah however my client pulled out about five days before (laughs) (laughs) so i was left there thinking well i'm not going to pull out because i don't really believe that's the right thing to do mm. might as well send it yeah exactly right so i uh, did the my first half marathon and finished and thought how the hell do people run twice this distance <laughs> and then after a little bit of recovery i started thinking okay well can i go faster can i go longer and then um essentially it just evolved from there really okay got the bug as well yeah 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 yeah, yeah. And, and what was the i guess the timeline there so how, how long between when you finished playing footy to that half marathon um, I've got a bit of a, an interesting period between when I finished playing footy and then when I sort of came to, uh, really enjoy running, um, probably went through a period where I was extremely unhealthy, <clears throat> overweight, almost a hundred kilos, yep. smoked a packet of cigarettes a day, yep. very, uh, colorful period of my life. And, um, we like color. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got plenty of color. Don't worry about that. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> so 
finished. I actually finished playing footy in under 18, so right shoulder injuries. Okay. So lucky you don't need your shoulders to run. Did yeah. you guys play together or not? No. 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 Wish we played against each other. other. No. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Folded him like fresh in. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I actually, under 18, so when was that? That was. So probably between probably about four years between finishing playing footy, and or four or five years between finishing playing footy and, and my first half marathon. So, okay. yeah, colourful five years. So deep in the chasm for five years, and then <laughs> in the chasm, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then a client pulled you out of it, yeah, and yeah. then pulled the pin on you. Yeah, I know, unbelievable. That's rubbish. So, so how long did it take you to run your first half then? Uh, I believe. I think it was like an hour 41 maybe. Yeah. Something like that. So it's moving quick enough. 500 Ks. And at 100 Something kilos like still? That. Nah, I dropped a bit dropped by the Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was right. maybe running like you know, 86 or something like that. All right. Good. So with, yeah, not much running experience. Just no pacing strategy. Just no nutrition. <laughs> no nutrition uh, um, strategy or anything like that either. Just put the shoes on. Have a crack. Go to the start line and go. Okay. And for both of you, then, how long between that first half marathon and, and 100Ks? How long did it take to evolve into an ultra guy? It's my... See, even after that first experience with my that I ran with a client, running still wasn't on my radar, really, for another couple of years. It wasn't that I... Until I... Um, you know, I'd been overseas doing a bit of traveling and got back into the industry and sort of started using running conditioning as a consistent part of my week and was really enjoying it that, um, yeah, I kind of used a good probably eight to nine month period of lead up to training for my first marathon. Mm -hmm. And then it was three years after that that we did the 100 this year. So okay, so I've, you gave it. Well, I guess you did the fifty last year, which is obviously yeah, an yeah. ultra distance. Yeah, so I did the Sydney, uh, Sydney Mar- Black, is it Blackmores? Yeah, Blackmores, and then the following year did um, UTA fifty and the Goldie, and then this year did UTA hundred. Mm. Yeah, and for me, two thousand twelve was the first half marathon, then. Um, 2013 was the first full marathon. Just the curiosity of could I go faster in a half? Um, So I went from my first half to my next half and ran 86 minutes. Mm -hmm. So I went from, you know, an hour 41 to down to an hour 26. And then went, okay, well, the next step is to go double the distance. Yeah. Um, And committed to the Gold Coast Marathon. Then three months later, I think it was two months later, did Melbourne Marathon to try and go faster again. And then my first ultra was the 50 with with Goodsy last year. Um, It was a very, very last minute thing because I was right in the middle of training to run a sub three hour marathon at the Gold Coast. And uh, an opportunity came up to take a ticket for the 50 10 days before it. 10 days before the Gold Coast Marathon? No, 10 days before before the ETA 50. Right, right. So all I'd been doing is flat road running, well, zero trails, zero. <laughs> yeah, I thought, I thought so. Perfect prep. Perfect prep. So I jumped at the opportunity to take the 50 ticket and... Um, Did a crash course in hill training. For yeah, 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 yeah. I think I might have done one trail run before UTA 50. <laughs> and um, 
But yeah, that was that. Once I did that, I was I was hooked. I just yeah. as soon as I finished, I, if I'm completely honest with myself, I knew I was going to do the hundred the next year. Oh, I, I didn't. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about Woodsy's finish at well, the fifty? Waggy well, was yeah, there to spoon feeding me soup in um, the recovery tent in medical for like a good forty five to hour after, and I was in all sorts, hey. So I took at least a month after that to think that I'd even run again, let alone take on double the distance the following year. But somehow he wrote me into it. Actually, I even remember the, the message that you said to me. I can't say the exact uh, details, but it's like, I'm doing UTA 100 this year and so are you, bleep. And uh, yeah, that was, that, was the, that was the joint. That was that, how we sign up. Yeah. You can't say no to that, can you? Nah. Once someone bleeps you, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I press my buttons. So, so you guys had a bit of like a five year, maybe sort of build up to the hundred k from your first half. Mm. And judge, we, we, I think we've talked about this before, but I think that was my first trail run was a hundred. <laughs> 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 no, no half marathon before? Nothing. No, just dive straight into the 100. <laughs> Perfect. No, that, was a, that was an Oxfam in 2014. Yeah. So, and I think there was a lot of peer pressure that went around on that one. <laughs> Someone um, sent you a text message with a beep on no the No bleeps, nothing. No. <laughs> <laughs> just had a crack. And, and so what made you guys choose Ultra Trail as your first 100k race then? Judge? I reckon oh, we'll call we'll call it your first yeah, race. Yeah, let's call it a real race. Yeah, <laughs> I think it, it had been bandied around for a long time that that was one of the toughest um, hundreds going around in in Australia anyway. And um, no point doing something that's easy, I guess, if you're going to do a hundred. But my my pressure on myself was more. Um, I enjoyed the fifty. I enjoyed the course. I enjoyed the event. I think it was put on really well. And um, I found myself writing numbers down, trying to go 15 minutes faster over 50 k's, and found I had no business going faster anywhere. <laughs> so um, you can't go faster, yeah, you go longer. A couple of little conversations here or there through the trails with the boys, and it was um, yeah, sign up for a hundred and get going. So I enjoyed it. What about you two? <sighs> Yeah, I just I don't know that the reputation of UTA is definitely that it's one of Australia's premier like trail events in terms of um, not only the attendance but yeah how tough it is for sure. Mm-hmm. And after you know doing the fifty of the year before, seeing how well organised, well run it is, but just the atmosphere as well. And then I guess having the opportunity um, to then after we finished and I was um, somewhat recovered with a couple of bowls of soup that uh, we got around to a few of the aid stations to see um, yourself mm. and Hamo come flying through at the end it was just like <laughs> flying's a relative term oh yeah. 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 yeah I think that was something that resonated with me a little bit to just see um, you know the, how quality you guys were still moving at that late in the day it was like far out we've still got some work to be done I think in addition to being able to finish the 50 really enjoy the experience see how well run the event was go and support the guys through their final checkpoint then have dinner 
have a full eight hours sleep, <laughs> oh, get up and go back to the finish line and see people still finishing the next day yeah. blew my mind yeah. and I knew I needed to come back. It honestly it. makes yeah. like the hairs on my arms stand up just thinking about it again now. Like when we got back there, it was a pretty moving experience. Like that was something that I hadn't really ever seen before was getting getting back over there to the start line and I had gloves on and rugged up and almost in pain from how cold it was and seeing these women crossing the line that were like my mum's age just dishevelled absolutely broken <laughs> being out there all night like you wouldn't wish it on your enemy in the dark in the in cold the dark. and I just had a whole night's sleep and limped over there and just wanted to whinge <laughs> to the nearest person to me about yeah, how cold it was I was like, wow, these people you, are savages. Have you thought about next year doing the same thing? Just <laughs> spending that time out there and getting that inspiration yeah, for somebody like yourself? Yeah, full day of Goggins. <laughs> <laughs> they do it tougher, don't they, the 24-hour guys? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, get Incredible. in and watch the footy, have a beer, you're finished. And so after you guys signed up for this thing, how long a training block did you put in for the 100K? When did he start taking it? Seven, seven, eight months. Same for you, Yeah, that's probably what you did. I probably didn't start seriously running till like January, so maybe five months. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I sort of kept running conditioning out, but like serious big kilometre weeks, not till January. Since when I got back from New Zealand in January, I think, so, which was like okay. mid to end of Jan. Yeah, so four or five months. Yeah, yeah I switched from light beer the day, the minute I <laughs> the minute I hit go on the uh, on the entry form. So yeah, that's that's serious. It's commitment. Yeah. So yeah, I think last time we spoke to you, you mentioned eleven beers the night before a long run was pretty standard. That's all gone now. That's the old judge. So <laughs> so you had to curtail this uh, potentially destructive pre-run diet during your training block. Yeah, and look at. Every now and then it creeps back in. I might have a little bender each night on a, on a night here or there. And I have been heard cursing myself. Oh, this is the old judge. <laughs> he needs to die. <laughs> so do you reckon those changes are effective? 100%. Yep. 100%. I, don't want to, I really don't want to say it, but... It, yeah. it <laughs> sorry, sorry, love Dale Lager. <laughs> well, we're not in a training oh, block. You're not going to eliminate them. Completely. No, they're not eliminated, but they're definitely minimised. You cannot train from one day to the next and keep backing yourself up. You just can't do it. No, moderation's key. Eh? Not even I can do it. Speaking of moderation, who wants another beer? <laughs> yep. Yes, bring please. It on. Okay. Please. Bring it on. Good call. I'll just while, you, while you're getting them out, Wolf, yeah. I'll ask Dan, mate, what were some of the toughest sessions you got done in the lead-up? What was... What was tricky? Um, what was tricky for myself and would be definitely the same for Adam, not physically but logistically, being the fact that we both are business owners. Yeah. Um, so obviously both of us, we both own gyms. We're up very early every morning and often don't go to bed till late at night. Uh, when I say early, I mean 4, 4.30 in the morning yeah. and then going to sleep at 9, 9.30, 10 o'clock at night, um, depending on the day. So trying to get in long runs um, when you are mentally fatigued, a bit emotionally fatigued from, you know, uh, Talking about business. those problems all day sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's right, you know. Yeah. Filling yeah. everyone's um, cup up. Yeah, yeah, filling everyone's cup up and then you try and go out and, and sort of... Uh, get a, a decent training run in um, that was definitely challenging but some of the I guess probably the most challenging training run that I can remember 
Because I was left in Goodsy's dust this day. We parked at Grays Point Primary and we said we we're going to go and do the pipeline run. Yep. And um, for some reason, I was just really feeling the effects of that run uh, towards the back end. And I think you probably finished a couple of K ahead of me, but that was, that was we did about 35K that day. So it wasn't like an extremely long run. But was that the, was that the day that we'd already done sessions that morning or... Yeah, we did actually. We did the four forty that morning. Yeah. So we'd actually. Oh, you know what? Yeah, we yeah, had we done, done a couple. We done the run club, the four forty run club, and then we went straight to Rhino and we did an hour of conditioning in our morning group. Hmm. Had macas for brekkie and then went and pumped out thirty five k. So it was about <laughs> it was about five hours worth of training that training, morning, yeah. and we were just sent. Perfect, perfect preparation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Calories yeah. in, calories out, baby. Yeah. So yeah. you're just trying to make it difficult for yourself with that shithouse nutrition. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah absolutely. And, and were you hungover as well? Like, that would have oh, been a, a few probably beers, beers sure. the night before. Yeah, that would have topped it off. Um, <laughs> I, I saw the weight vest come out a few, on a few occasions. Did you guys get stuck into that a bit? We really yeah. did. We really enjoyed training with the weight vest. We wouldn't necessarily do any much running in it. Mm-hmm. But we'd just whack it on and, and find some steep hills and just march up the hills for a couple of hours. Yeah. Or even as much as just chucking it on on the treadmill for an hour, full incline, just hold a, hold a march for about an hour, take them off and then run 10K on the back of that. So wow. mm. just think of something that sounds really shit and then maybe, <laughs> maybe put 10Ks on the back of that. That's <laughs> <It's laughs> <fun. laughs> And Pat Farmer, if you don't have a weight vest, Pat Farmer used to put bricks in his backpack yeah. and do, do the same thing. So, yeah. Friend of the yeah. show, Jim Offerman, does the same. Yeah, bricks exactly. in the backpack? Yeah. yeah. Very similar humans, those two. Yeah, yeah that's right. They do... Oh, I was just going to say, I'll just use my ample frame. That's <laughs> <laughs> all it's needed. It's how, how often would you do a session, you know, with the weight vest? Probably at least once a week. Yeah, definitely. Uh, as a minimum. Yeah. Sometimes we'd hit, do a double. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, definitely at least once a week. We, we just, we had discussed in UTA, we knew that there was going to be some sections where we'd be marching up the hills. We just wouldn't be running them. So we sort of wanted to try and train in a way that was preparing us for those steep ascents, um, but sort of like obviously adding that extra load of 10 kilos so that I guess mentally when we came to that section of the race where we had to march uphill, we weren't carrying as much and we thought... Doing you know, it easy. Doing it easy, you yeah. know, but more, more probably mental preparation than physical. And did you sure. feel it was beneficial on race day? Absolutely, absolutely. Did you talk about it? Like halfway up Jamison, were you going, how good is it not to have a 10 kilo weight vest Col- on? Coms was on point. Yeah, we had, we had some good comms. Good comms, certainly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's talk planning. Judge, how meticulous were you about your splits and pacing for the race? Well, I'd had everything covered from for the 50, so for the last half of the 100, so I was like... You knew what you were doing. I knew, I had that thing locked down yeah yeah so i knew to the minute almost to where i was going to be and where i thought i was going to be anyway mm-hmm. um and and tried to train the front end the front end of the course a few times to to get that same lockdown so i was pretty meticulous in setting some goals for myself mm-hmm. so i knew where i was going to be how i was going to feel 
on parts of the course. So I think I think it was that was for me that was really important because if I thought if I was going to get into some trouble, I knew what was around the corner, what was coming up, what was around the next hill. Yeah, you know. So and and how many times did you get out on course for the front half then? I think it was would have been five or six times okay. total. Like I did little sections and I did uh, from from narrow neck to six foot track twice by myself and um, and then tried to grab a couple of sections here and there. So I knew I really knew with my eyes closed where I was. Good course knowledge. What about you guys? Do you have some splits sort of put down? Do you know where you wanted to be? Probably one of the best um, pieces of advice that I got in the preparation, only in like the like about the three weeks leading up to it, was uh, a guy Justin, who was my main support crew for the race, and has done a, a lot of big. Um, he's done UTA back when it was North Face, and done um, Comrades as well as Marathon de Saab. So he's you know coming from a a wealth of experience with um, planning and preparation for this uh, endurance sort of stuff. And I had a pretty firm idea in my head of the finishing time where I wanted to be. And I went as far as going through the year before's race results, finding the exact finishing time of what I wanted to do, seeing their splits of where they arrived at, and then basically basic trying to plan my race around arriving at each aid station around about that time mm. like it's you know, given that it's you know there's such an elevation profile and there's so many other moving parts that go into the race it's hard to really nail to the minute uh, what your sort of um, average pace is going to be mm. but you kind of get give yourself a little bit of a guideline of where you should be at what time of the day as well and that just helped so much did you hit them uh, we were we were ahead of, ahead of schedule. Them, yeah. We were actually ahead of schedule in the earlier part part of the day, but it just um, it it gave me so much peace of mind in that last two weeks when it was re- you're getting close to it and thinking, holy shit, you know I'm running a hundred k's. Like not only is this race there, but it's the longest race I've ever done, or the longest run I've ever done by X amount of distance. I didn't actually feel like I was going to run a hundred k's. <laughs> I was just g'd up to get to checkpoint one, yeah, okay. and then rip that up and get to checkpoint two and that's all it was just breaking it down into smaller pieces of the pie it didn't occur to me what would happen if i didn't hit my splits if i was slow i didn't have anything ready for that so it was always going to happen it was always going to just be within five or ten minutes of every split Mm. and then in that meaty part of the race were you hitting those splits uh, the start I was, and then well, I think by the time I got to thirty k's, it started to blow out a little bit, and I mm. didn't have any, I didn't have anything ready in the in the head for no it. Contingency no, plan there. Yeah, so I just had to. How did you deal with that? Yeah, just had to call on a few old friends. <laughs> <laughs> I think, but yeah, no, it was yeah, it was yeah, it was tough, tough to to. I think I didn't prepare for it, so how did how do you prepare to go? I think that's the interesting part about writing down your splits so meticulously. It's fantastic if you're hitting them or you're ahead of them. Yeah. But if you're behind them, what do you do? Yeah. You, you know, can't you, catch you up. You can't catch up. <laughs> that's yeah. that's actually, actually an interesting point to talk about, hitting the splits and, and trying to catch up because, mm. as Guzzi mentioned, we were ahead of time. And the way I sort of worked out my splits, I mean, we prepared our own race plan separately. Mm. Um, but I went to a race pace calculator and then basically adjusted according to the elevation profile where I thought maybe, okay, we'll be running slower at this section or running faster at this section. Mm. But we got to uh, checkpoint... 
three, which was six foot track, mm-hmm. which is the first checkpoint we could see all our support crew. I yeah. think the first time we saw you guys. How good was that checkpoint? It was that amazing, was right? So oh, I can <laughs> still taste my shade. <laughs> <laughs> But we were an hour ahead of t- our an scheduled hour. time. Wow. Probably 50 minutes, right? Did that not scare minutes. you? It did. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah exactly right. <laughs> it scared me. I didn't believe it. I was... <laughs> so, well, to give you a bit of perspective, we both wanted to finish sub-13. So, I mean, although we planned our own race plan separately, both wanting to finish sub-13 means that we would have been running Gets pretty similar close. splits, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we got to that checkpoint. I said, mate, we're 50 minutes ahead. And he's like, we're not. I'm like, I'm telling you we are. Um, what I didn't factor in was Nelly's Glend, oh, which man. which brought us unstuck, and oh, we actually yeah. arrived at checkpoint four uh, a little bit late. So it was like we that, lost so much time on this. We lost so much time on that section there. That that section between six foot track and and uh, and the aquatic center, which was. 13, 14K oh, or something. It's only 11Ks. 11Ks, 11 11 11 yeah. Is so we lost 50 minutes on it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a back. really underestimated section of the mm. course, I reckon. I think if we had tried to work any harder through that sort of terrain, we would have been so much more fatigued and maybe, what, picked up five or ten minutes, mm. like on the time that we actually arrived at the next checkpoint. But so. then lost double that in the back half of the race. Yeah, exactly you know? right. It would have, and once yeah. you blow out, like... How do you come back from that? Yeah. So. No, no, no dose. Mm. <laughs> uh, we've about no dose in a sec, Judge. We've been, we've been building up to this for about five podcasts. I've been dying to ask about it too. So what, we've talked about uh, splits. What about dietary plans? Did you sort of stick to these dietary plans or did the buffet call to you from the aid stations, Judge? No, nah, 100% tailwind all day. Stuck um, to it? Stuck to it. Had a timer on the watch and had a, had a gel every... 30 minutes. So just mathematical 100%. 350 calories an hour, bang, yeah. bang, bang. Trained that way and yeah. raced that way and it just, yeah, it didn't, I didn't feel the need for anything at, at anywhere. Did, and did you take in 350 per hour? Was that yeah. your goal? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Spectacular. And I mean, we'll talk about bonking later, but do you feel like, <laughs> do you feel like that formula was right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I didn't ever feel like I was getting sickly in the stomach. I didn't feel like I was wanting anywhere. I grabbed some watermelon, which is always, a, a, I don't know, something that's just changes the, the palate a little bit. I just grabbed some at Dumpy's there, which is always nice just to, to crisply snap off a bit of watermelon. <laughs> I love it. But, um, <laughs> yeah, didn't didn't want anything else. Wanted water, maybe. Just water. I think the tailwind sort of... Yeah. Ask me for, to drink to drink a few gallons of water or get some poured over the head. Yep. Something, but um, no, nutrition was spot on. But simple. Yep. Yep. Nothing yep. to think about. And what about you boys? you have pretty meticulous plans there? or I, I was every 45 minutes almost to the absolute second. And then once I was about over 50% of the way through the race, I brought it back to about every 30 minutes. And I was just keeping an eye on my watch because... I was just paying attention to my heart rate and, and then the timer of what it was to just keep me on top of that nutrition. And I remember nearly every time I'd wags would either be next to me or a bit up ahead of me and I'd be like, five minutes till I've got to have my next goo. He'd be like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> <laughs> Give you something to talk about though, right? I'm yeah. just trying to chat you, mate. <laughs> 
Just being social. Just far enough away yeah, from yeah. hearing those reminders. Can't uh, drop this bloke. <laughs> so you end up doing the whole race together? The entire race. Yeah, right. Yeah. And was, was that your plan in training? Or were you... <laughs> Not at all. But it just came about? You just thought... So, look, I mean, I'll, I won't say that I didn't think about the fact that we'd done so much training together that crossing the finish line side by side would be pretty special. I obviously thought that would be pretty amazing, but at the same time, two different people, um, you know, two different race plans. Um, and when you're talking about 13 hours of... Yeah, you of, know, like that's yeah, a very, pretty very intense work. Range. Yeah. So much shit can go wrong. Yeah, like, yeah. So yeah. Was, what, what easy. What, some, one, one can have a great day and one can have yeah. an average day. Yeah. That's the difference, isn't it? And I think... Uh, I think it was at the start line, we sort of shook each other's hands, gave each other a hug and said, good luck. And then we sort of said, you know what? If we get the 57Ks or over halfway together, we just hold each other accountable. Like, I will not let you drop and and vice versa, you know? So it sort of got to the point where we were at the aquatic centre. We looked at each other and said, righto, like... We're going. We're going for it. And it was never... We are never really even talking about finishing. It was always just about Queen Vic. It was just... Keep your toys in the cocktail. We get to Queen Vic. Keep your, <laughs> keep your lollies in the jar. Keep your lollies in the jar. Lollies in the jar to Queen Vic. Boys, it's nil all. When we get to Queen Vic, it's, it's nil all. It's nil all. <laughs> God, I wish I played football. <laughs> <laughs> good, good chat. Good psychology. Yeah. And so for the listeners, Queen Vic is is what checkpoint? That's yeah. that's the final checkpoint, and it's uh, seventy eight k's into the race, so twenty two k's to go. So yeah. about twenty k's longer than our furthest run and another 22k's to go yeah. and just about going dark so you're in an odd spot by the time <laughs> you get there oh, yeah. very odd yeah. quite peculiar yeah and so do you think having each other there to bounce off got you through your dark patches then yeah and, 100% yeah so you both experienced those along the way at different times yeah yeah I was probably earlier than Dan like having having a bit of unexpected lows like we were going through some pretty narrow single track switchback going downhill. After iron pot. Yeah. And my toes were just smashing the edge of the, my end of my toe box so hard. Hectic I could just, there, yeah, yeah. I could just I could just feel my toenails just lifting straight up. <laughs> and I, he was Dan was only probably you know, a couple of, you know, <laughs> I actually <laughs> lost another one this morning, yeah. They're <laughs> still going. Look at, hey. <laughs> I don't think they'll ever come good. But um, Dan was only as, got as far as about 100 metres in front of me at that stage. But I was just thinking, if this is the sort of discomfort I'm, I'm going to be in for the next 10 hours, like, well, I don't even I don't even know. Like, this is just brutal. But then, you know, the terrain changes and then you get to another spot, you get to an age, age station, change your shoes and... I guess that's you just got to be confident that you know when it does get really shit, you just shut up for a bit and just get through it, and then eventually some of those lows are accompanied by some massive highs as well. Yeah, and that's I guess the thing that's. That section that you were really feeling the lows was probably the best I felt. <laughs> because he was feeling so bad, it makes you feel good. Right? Yeah, yeah, you know. And come, come, well, that was just before we came into. Oh, not just before, but not long before we came into checkpoint three, a six foot track, and I was absolutely on top of the world, like probably best I felt the whole race, and that was forty six k's deep. I was probably about to get the chopper to get me out of there. <laughs> 
But then, as you said before, you know, it, it, it reversed later on in the race. You know, between the aquatic centre at 57 k's and the water station at 69, I was really feeling mm. some really, uh, you know, bad stomach cramps and couldn't hold any food down. And whereas Goodsy, on the other hand, was feeling pretty good. Because yeah. you were feeling like shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, probably the funniest was when we did eventually get to Queen Vic and we were just so G'd up to send it home. And you know, not that you had, we had an ample amount of juice left in the tank but you get there and you think we've actually made it to the final spot like we're at, we're finishing the race it's happening yeah. Yeah, you, walk, you walk out of that checkpoint yeah you yeah, for the first time got a bit of certainty it. that you're going to cross the finish line yeah. right and um the plan was we not that we were expecting that we were going to be with each other or having chat throughout the race up to then but I just said in my even in my race plan, like that that point then is when I'll you know chuck the headphones in and and give myself a little bit of a dis- distraction, a little bit of extra mm. motivation to get through. So we'd sort of both put that in our race plans, and I've um, as we've run out of the eight, gave each other a hug and got out of the aid station at Queen Vic, and I've put mine in. And I'm absolutely jamming as we're running down that fire trail. <laughs> and Wags puts his headphones in and they're flat. It's nothing. <laughs> absolutely nothing. So I'm, I'm rolling along down Kadumba Valley, down the hill, <laughs> towards Jameson Creek in absolute deafening silence. And I'm just fist pumping like I'm in Ibiza or something like that. Just ready to go for it. So, so I tried. I tried to put a bit of distance between myself and Goodsy, so I could have a bit of uh, a bit of time to myself and not be miserable next to him while he. I was partying. You didn't think it'd be the right thing to do to sing for him, mate? Oh, I, offered, no, he was I offered to share a headphone, but it was kind of been weird if we were running joined with one set. Yeah, that's. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> so, Judge, what about you, mate? How'd you cope with these these tough times out there on your own? What strategies did you use to keep the voices in your head at bay? Just a couple of a couple of five minute friends all day. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a social kind of a guy, so. Anyway. And these, these are actual real people, not yeah, the voices in your yeah, head. No. <laughs> Any time I'd find somebody that was going around about the same pace as me, I'd just look over at their number or their number plate and just have a look at their name and say, G'day, I'm Judge. And straight away, rock up a conversation and it's off good, you go. It's a good distraction. Yeah, 100%. You need it. And they're, they're probably struggling the same as you are or going well the same as you are I think by the time you're 5 or 6 k's in that race you're everyone in your area is in your area yeah pretty so, much I think um, we probably found that a little bit too actually um, with a lot of people we, we actually labelled ourselves as the hype, men. <laughs> the hype men for the race <laughs> you, you more so, so than you me, guys could work at our pub so many of the checkpoints you know Dan was just getting around the volunteers and other people that were spectating there out having a couple of beers and stuff like that and I think the more banter or the more positive he was it made you realise oh, you're doing it so tough right now because he was just trying <laughs> so hard psychology. to fill his own cup up and yeah. um but yeah, exactly. A bit of reverse psychology to just get us through. But um, yeah, any anything is a distraction. But it's I'd, I'd jog past time. spectators that are cheering you on, and I'd just thought piss take with them, and I'd just sort of go, "Am I winning? Am I yeah. winning?" <laughs> <laughs> and they'd sort of laugh at me like, "Who's this guy?" You know? yeah. 
Yeah. So any of your five-minute friends, did anyone just totally give you the cold shoulder? They didn't want to partake in your little game? Or? Yeah, there was one guy. One guy at uh, Wentworth Falls. You know who you are, guy. <laughs> 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 and I just tried my regular... I had regular material. <laughs> Works on everybody. And this guy was just a cold-ass sourpuss. So, um, yeah. He's having a bad day, mate. Yeah, I dropped him and... Yeah. Never, Just put never, the burners on. Never saw the light of day again. That bloke. did you check out his time later on? No, I didn't need to. No, you knew he didn't finish. <laughs> he probably pulled it in Queen Vic, I'd say, <laughs> after he saw the dust off my heels. <laughs> so I've got to ask you guys back there next year, or have you got your sights on another race? Uh, this is a bit of a rabbit uh, hole. Yeah, a lot of people have said, "Oh, so you're doing it again next year?" and by no means is the um, you know that distance you know put to rest yet. I can definitely see myself competing at that length, or, or maybe even longer again. But uh, UTA is just it's just such a vibe, you know. It's hard to whether it's the twenty two or the fifty or the hundred just to not get it's up really there for the weekend. Just say. Yeah, it's yeah. just it really is, and it. Um, you know, I was uh, outside of um, Justin and two of my best mates coming up and support crew for me. My mum and dad uh, coming up late in the day to see the finish and a few other um, friends coming up as well to just check out the scene that was and were just blown away just by the whole vibe of the thing and just getting to see the winners finish and everything as well and how populated it is coming into that shoot being four or five people deep and just hearing the bells it's yeah it's there's not too many other races like that in Australia yeah Yeah. Yeah, absolutely the atmosphere gets you going but it also gets your mates or your fans or yeah there's plenty of fans out there you know (laughs) Um, but it gets them going it gets them talking about it it gets them wanting to come back so it makes you want to come back eh? 100% well we at, at my gym we have about 12 to 15 people who have committed to doing the 22 the 50 or the 100 next year yep. wow fastest uh, thing purely first. purely because of what they saw myself and goods yeah, yeah. Com- mm. complete in in may mm. a handful of them were up there supporting us mm. a lot of them saw on social media and then a lot of them just heard about it when i got back to the gym on monday to mm. work um i will definitely be there yeah, uh, probably do the fifty. Um, we have our sights set on some other stuff. Yeah, it's probably not a pri- priority for the year, but it yeah. will definitely be out there for yeah. sure. Fifty or hundred, would you? I'll be, f- I'll be at least fifty. Yeah. What about you, Judge? Lock a hundred. Lock it down back. Yes, yes, yes. Back to yeah. back. Is the goal to shave some time off, or are you just happy to finish again? Oh, I'm gonna just go with the mantra: train. Trying for a silver buckle and see what happens when it when good. when it happens. So good. Not 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 race that way, but train for it. That's yeah, that's the goal. So for the listeners, what's a silver buckle? That is under fourteen hours. Well, then you can 13, get 14, 59, 14, 59. 14, 59. 0, 0, actually. <laughs> yeah, there was a bit of controversy in the line, wasn't there? Yeah. You're not happy about it. Um, Ropeable. <laughs> but this this old duck got fourteen zero zero. I got a silver buckle. So good luck to her. So yeah. I've only got just a an easy 
one hour, 44 minutes to shave off my time. And so where do you think you can shave time from your uh, 15? Got a, got a new pair of shoes the other day, so uh, there's... Uh, there's, there's easy. Oh, no, come on, boys. It's just 20 minutes for shoes. De- decrease the <laughs> amount of five-minute friends you make. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. You make a few two-minute friends. Yeah. Yeah, good idea. Wow, that's yeah. another 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> no, quite seriously, do you think there's time that you left out there this year? Oh, yeah. Without, without doing anything different in training? No, I'd have to do stuff different in training, I think. Okay, you're, I think you're I'd, in your best race. I think I'd have to be stronger so I can run cleaner on the on the runnable sections. Okay. I think that's. I think if I don't lose time or I can move freely... I need to move better up the hills. I just need to move stronger or come out of it easier. On the flats. On the flats. Yeah. That's where I think it's at. Just do who's more flat training. Don't worry about the hills. <laughs> yeah, I'm going for some, like, you know, some speed work. Bit of track I work. Talk to Hamo about that. It's I think that worked track. out well for him. <laughs> Six-foot track, actually. Yeah, we shared a little pubis issue. Oh, actually, we didn't share it. <laughs> anyway, I got through mine. How's yours going, Hamo? <laughs> You shared a pubis issue. Should we talk more about that? Or yeah. should we talk about pickle juice and no-dose instead? Well, I think everyone's heard about the pickle juice and no, the no-dose. Well, I want to hear it from you. So they, they talk about no new things on race day. That's usually the mantra for these ultra marathons. All right, so let me just let you know, the pickle juice is not a new thing. Okay. Like, I love my German food. I love my pickles. Goes very hand in hand with a nice German sausage. Okay. So pickle juice is maybe new on race day, but um, but it wasn't new. No, nah, it's not new. I knew I loved it. You've been training that for a while. <laughs> okay. But, but do you think it worked? Ah, uh, look. As we, I think we've all talked about, it's a mental, massive mental game. So if you're putting something in that you think works, yeah, it might work. Yeah, it might work. You know, if you can get your head right. Yeah. Um, You've trained your body for seven to ten to ten months or years, you know. You know you're ready. Mm. Um, I think you're just fighting with your head most of the way around the, on the course. So. so you reckon the, the pickle juice and the no-dos were, were just head games? I don't know. The no-dos might have done something. I don't know. <laughs> so for anyone that doesn't exactly know what happened with the no-dos, um, I, think, I think Hadfield saw that I was in a little bit of strife at six foot track I've seen strife before <laughs> you can spot it a mile away and the fact that I was standing there trying to get as much water poured over my head as possible and it probably wasn't that hot <laughs> um, and I, I ran out of that I ran out of I got a little little. everyone was oh, Hamo said I felt I looked great which made me a little scared because anytime he says something that you look good you've got to worry about it <laughs> notorious liar <laughs> And um, and then Hattie just sort of sidled up next to me, handed me a little no-dose and says, take this 2Ks before you get to the bottom of early stairs. Just do it. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, uh, the Stephen Dank controversy all over again. Yeah. You know? yeah. But I tell you what, I had a really big struggle on that flat section. Did not run a step out of the six-foot track. Did exactly what Hadfield told me put one step on, on Nelly's stairs and felt like a million bucks. How good. I've never felt good on that set of stairs. I passed through people. This this frame doesn't pass people upstairs. <laughs> Ever. And I got to the top, top of Nelly's. Um, boys were waiting for me up the top, and I think they saw a 
completely different person. Completely. By the earth, mate, you're a changed man. And <laughs> it's fantastic. That was it. It was business time. Put my business socks on from there. And <laughs> Pop the bonnet. Only around close friends and family. <laughs> oh, mate, whatever. Whichever way it worked, it worked. Brilliant. Yeah, look, if it worked with my head, yeah. great. But yeah. I think it might add some. Some little special something in there. And maybe you wasn't know those. You'll never know. Those. <laughs> <laughs> Can you bring some of that to see? <laughs> I got some there after the show. <laughs> Perfect. So, can we talk a little bit more about psychology before we move on? Um, so, where where was your head at at the start line, guys? Was it nerves, excitement? Were you calm? Were you shitting yourself? What were you thinking? I was, I was definitely. Yeah, pretty pretty nervous, and being that we were only you know resting our heads about 150 meters from the start line, we were able to get up, you know, really be immersed in that race day vibe straight away. Get our packs together, put the numbers on, and you knew as soon as your head lift lifted the pillow what was going on. And the thing that I guess I just kept saying to myself is just you know. Don't don't try not to think too much about the finish line. Try not to think too much about the the suffering and the length of the day. Just commit to the fact that you're going to be out here all day, and um, don't want it to be over too soon. Like just kind of want to want to be in it for as long as you can. Mm-hmm. And I just tried to be throughout the course of the race as you know it sounds a bit cliche but just to be as grateful as possible to be out there mm. and to you know see some of those stunning views and be around some people that were achieving some pretty special things I just wanted to be as grateful as I could and just really really experience that and I think that sort of was what I was trying to remind myself as we were about to go over the start line yeah I think uh, for me I can honestly say at the start line I actually wasn't nervous mm-hmm. um, I think knowing the amount of preparation that we put into it I think I'd sort of uh, prepared myself mentally through the training mm-hmm. knowing that obviously when, you, when you're committing to running a 100 kilometre race and you're expecting it to take 13 hours or your goal time's 13 hours mm-hmm. um, you, you think a lot about that in your training so I think I'd probably run the race enough times mentally yep. that when I got to the start line, it was actually really... What you expected. What I expected and more excitement than anything. Yeah. Um, and then obviously being able to run the next one of my best mates and mm. know that we've done a lot of all the hard yards together and just trying to enjoy the experience as much as possible. Mm. Um, probably a big thing for me that I had in my head where Goodsy was uh, grateful me, my thoughts were more around acceptance, knowing that it was going to hurt um, and not trying to actually fight that or trying to resist it, but more going, you know what, okay, let's just accept that this is going to hurt and let's come up with a strategy to actually get around it or get through it rather than try and resist it and fight it off. Don't pretend it's not going to hurt. Don't pretend gonna, it's not yeah, going to hurt. Don't be surprised know? when it starts hurting. Right? Yeah, yeah, you know, just, yeah. just be really accepting of it. Um, and I think that actually worked a treat because, to be honest, throughout most of the race, I actually felt very strong mentally. Mm. Even though I, it hurt physically and I felt a bit queasy at times, mm. mentally I was actually strong for probably 90 to 95% of the race. Perfect. Wow. 
Mine was just like I was emotional. <laughs> like I was going on a long trip overseas. And, you know, you give everyone a hug and, you know, I kind of got a little teary. Possibly because I was going on that long trip by myself. I've had someone to train with and run with and Cousin Benny, you know you're out there. Ah, you know, yeah. you know, mate. I could have been going on that trip with a good mate. But you're booking the hostel on your yeah. own. Yeah. Sleeping in a room was, full of Germans. I was devastated. <laughs> I could have had one good mate the whole way through and I had to make five minute friends. Should have been two minute friends. <laughs> to, to, to Benny's defence, he's related to the florist. So. Yeah. It was always going to happen. I, I blame Kirawee climbing dream, Jim. That's all I'm blaming it. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Just so emotional. Good. <laughs> all right. So you boys are all card-carrying members of the 90-kilo-plus club. <laughs> Do you think the blokes weighing... Excuse me? Do you think the blokes weighing in at 65 kgs are soft? <laughs> no, just light. <laughs> um, I, I guess when a 65-kilo guy is running away from you up a hill... You've got no choice but to say it's because he's 65 kilos. Not because he's, he's trained hard, not because of anything, just because he's light. Agreed. Perfect. Just don't like him. Did you guys try Can't to specifically drop weight in the lead up? Like... Oh, I had, like I mentioned a little bit earlier, since my days playing footy and then leaving the mentality of constantly having to try and put weight on and overeat to try and make the weight that I was supposed to be at for game day. Mm. When that was no longer a part of my kind of normal nutrition strategy, I felt my body kind of just adjusted and started to gradually drop weight and then getting into training like this even more so. So sitting at around about consistently at about 89 kilos and then getting as probably as low as 86 before the race, I knew that the lighter that I would be, um, the, the better I'd probably feel out there, the less stress it would be on the joints. But then the more that you speak to people about the finer details of it as well, you start to understand that that's going to be the less amount of nutrition that you possibly have to um, put in as well. And as well that how um, your body having to cool down a vessel that's of less weight as well. I remember early in a the... Vessel. Yeah. Vessel. Oh, yeah. Ooh, I remember... Is that why you wear gloves at the start of the summer? I always wear gloves. I think you're the first guest to use the word vessel. <laughs> Thank you. Beautiful. But I remember... Um, I think you guys had Brennan Davies on the podcast um, quite a few months ago, and that's what some of the he spoke about um, with nutrition and training, and basically being of encouraging of anyone that's wanted to, you know, increase their performance or increase their distance, increase their speed. Is just having the understanding that the less excess weight that you're carrying, mm. the more efficient you're going to be able to move. Yeah. The the interesting thing about that though is when you are doing so much volume. It's like a, almost like a, a double-edged sword. Like you kind of you, you're, you're trying to drop weight to get down to the lightest weight possible to improve your performance. Mm. However, you also are burning a massive amount of energy, and you need to replenish that so you can actually put train mm. at close yeah. to your best. Yeah. Mm. Um, so I, I personally found it challenging to sort of 
shift weight and get down. For, for me, I feel like ideal race for something like that, race weight for something like that would be sort of 81, 82. Or 62. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're talking about personally. But yeah, it's 62. I don't know how close I'd go to dropping 20 kilos from this frame. Um, but... I'd be running with no legs. <laughs> can I, can yeah. I suggest something before we move on? Maybe a haircut. <laughs> Drop the onion. <laughs> the onion the is not going anywhere. Can we um, can we go to listen to question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So uh, the name's withheld but then it's in brackets, I won the women's race day one. World oh, World. yeah, I know what's coming. <laughs> so this person says, uh, who was the tall blonde shell? Blonde shell. Blonde bombshell. Did she write blonde shell? She wrote it. Wow, that's better than vessel. Yeah. <laughs> who was covered in tats who popped the bonnet early at the Royal Double Ultra day one. Yeah. I'm not going to put myself under the umbrella of bombshell, but uh, bombshell, bombshell. <laughs> but uh, come on, you know the bonnet, the bonnet came off pretty early because of some uh, uh, intention nipple shave. But um, <laughs> Sarah uh, dropped me super early, so she was way up ahead of me. So I don't know how she would have known that the bonnet came off. She's got a radar. The name was withheld. Name withheld, mate. I've got a few, and I don't know who that was. <laughs> uh, that's good. So you put it down in nipple, nipple chase, not. Oh, and you know, being a bit more aerodynamic out there on the trails, <laughs> of course, everything helps. Every little bit. One percenters. How'd that day or race go for you? Um, actually, pretty good. Like, uh, been. Congratulations as well, boys, by putting on a really good Absolutely. day. Absolutely. I was double. just about to say, that was a, a really good event. I it's super it. fun, and I can see it taking off in coming years. As Sucking well, up guys. to get yourselves another beer. Yeah. <laughs> but, Hashtag um, rule double ultra. It was uh, we'll probably still, f- after that, feeling the effects of UTA mm. being our first ever 100 and um, had been pre-warned about you know the recovery that you should be focusing on after that and just really pumping the brakes a little bit, but... Um, we were just keen to get around the Royal Double for sure. You'd already um sort of had a, an idea that you um weren't going to commit to the full thing, but I thought yeah. you know I'll, I definitely wanted to do my best to get through both days. Uh, a lot of people were interested to see how it would play out, being the five ten k laps, <clears throat> and I actually really liked it because after one or two laps you could start the structure you run really well yeah. and know that each time that you got around you'd be able to have your nutrition there and get back into it have a little stretch and, and go for it but um, for the yeah for the first day I probably um, did the first two laps with Hattie and some of the guys and we'll that was some hot laps yeah we'll we're push a peloton going absolutely yeah. peloton we're yeah. pushing yeah. it that a little bit quicker than so you, you think you went a bit fast yeah, yeah well I ended up doing running, a 50k <laughs> <laughs> I ended up Had, doing Had, a Hattie ran two laps and pulled out we're in a PB 20 I ended up running a PB for 50k's by about an hour and 10 minutes so I <laughs> good strategy I was just yeah. sitting there with my hand without my hands the next day going you idiot how are you gonna even walk tomorrow let alone run another 50k's and yeah safe to say and they got the one lap out on day two which I was pretty filthy yeah about, I did but... I did have a chat to you on the second day when I had 
decided not to run. Yeah, rocked up in your own boots. And I said, <laughs> said Goodsy, how are you going to go today? And you went, there's only one finish line, mate. Fuck <laughs> 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 you, Where was it? Well, that's, right. that's the idea I was going into anyway. Yeah. Very good. Can we talk about bigger dudes still for a while? Yeah. Good. I actually was going to add something in there before about being, I guess, the style of training we do. We actually do a lot of strength training, I think, which actually probably hmm. maybe prevents us from being 60 kilos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. It's, yeah, yeah. That's the reason the why. The 62 kilo guys don't have biceps. <laughs> They're not doing many why kills. kills. Why, why are you looking at the rules? You've never seen a dumbbell in his life. <laughs> Should I leave the room now? <laughs> no, but that's that's a, a big part of our, our training load. It has been for a long time. Running took priority for, obviously, I mean, it still does. Mm. But, I mean, we're still, you know, in the gym and yeah. do a lot of strength work regularly. Yeah. Mm. So I think that definitely plays a part in maintaining that, that weight. Mm. For sure. And, and do you think there's, um, like... Do you think it's a sustainable sort of thing doing these real long races as a you know slightly heavier person? Like, there's only one way to find out. Yeah, yeah. I'm inter- I'm interested to see over the next you know couple of years to see potentially if my body does transform in a bit more of a way that it adjusts mm. to being able to be more efficient over those sort of distances, and if that allows mm. me to drop weight a little bit easier. But you know, I, I, I'd love to be lighter than I am now but as as well like it's with the amount of training that you're doing and the amount of calories that you have to put back in mm-hmm. it's it's difficult to manage work training and you don't want to just be constantly starving yourself the whole yeah. time think, it, think almost... about how less huggable we'd be boys <laughs> you know, if we were 60 no one wants to hug, hug the wolf no. <laughs> you get a bone poked in your ribs yeah. not good. My, fam- my family would be the first to vouch for that <laughs> so guys how, how, is, how important is it for you to set a good example to your respective gym families do you feel a bit of pressure to perform at a high level in front of these guys? Nope. I actually was going to say, <laughs> uh, right up, yes. <laughs> I was going to say, that probably, that probably is not really a question that comes into the equation. Really, like we don't, I don't think we really do it for anyone else other than ourselves. Yeah. Uh, but as a byproduct of that, hmm. I think there is some level of, um, I guess, uh, I don't know for lack of a better term I don't know maybe like a respect that we sort of gain just because of you know like I definitely walked back into the gym and had a lot of chats with a lot of members who you know were they did take inspiration from knowing that we'd committed to something mm-hmm. and executed it um, but I think for a lot of people as well a lot of our our, our members could tell it, even for us it was something that was massively outside of our our comfort zone and I think you know working in an industry where we're mainly just trying to you know in some ways inspire but mainly just support people every day that it's like if you wanted to make a positive change in your life it's going to require you to get outside of your comfort zone mm-hmm. so getting outside your comfort zone is different for every person mm-hmm. so where it could be just walking into the gym one day for someone who's neglected that or neglected their health and fitness for quite a few years, you know, getting outside our comfort zone could be deep in the pain cave, you know, 85 k's in, sun's gone down, trying to 
get up further steps. Yeah, so it's <laughs> horses for courses. So, so at that 85 k's in, does it play on your mind the fact that I'm not going to DNF because 200 people in my gym are going to see that I've DNF'd, or does that not come into it? Oh, there's a host of different things that are, that are coming through your head at, at that stage of the race, but I think you're so just invested in your strategy and your plan hmm. that it's like clockwork, but... I think you kind of do let your imagination run free a little bit later in it and let the magnitude of the the race and potentially that achievement start to affect you a little bit more because you, I guess, want to have a really vivid memory of the whole experience. So trying to, use, yeah, mm-hmm. trying, trying to use the fact that there's going to be, you know, family and friends there supporting you at the end as a bit of a driver too, so... Absolutely. What about you, Judge? 85Ks in, are you thinking, my family's going to see this, I don't want a DNF, they're waiting for me at the finish? Look, I don't think um, DNFing came into it at all. Didn't think about it at all? Um, once I probably asked myself on on six foot, yeah, maybe, but then I kicked myself in my ass. <laughs> like, that's a stupid question. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, you want to set a good example for your family. Um and definitely don't want to fail in front of your mates. I've done that a few times. Got sledged for wearing my shirt at the end of Coastal. coastal. Pulled yeah, out of Coastal. Pulled out of Coastal. Still had your Norg shirt on oh, the no. finish line. And <laughs> Get the <laughs> hell <laughs> off. And I had my Norg shirt on for, for, for the race. For, for yeah. UTA. And it, was, it wasn't happening. <laughs> just yeah. just didn't, didn't come into the head. Not letting my mates down. But didn't want to let myself down. Like... Imagine going a whole year talking yourself through DNFing. I've, I've, I've done you know? it oh, twice. Yes. Oh, and just, uh, <laughs> thanks for bringing it up. And how did that go? <laughs> Mate, but, I went into a pretty dark space for eight of those 12 months until yeah. I signed up again. <laughs> I'd probably like to elaborate on something. You said, Judge, just about uh, failure. I think if you, I think it actually all comes down to perspective and, you know, it's not really deemed as a failure if you, you know, if, if for example, we'd put in all the training, all the work, and you'd got to race day and something went down where, you know, you had a bad day nutritionally or you got an injury and you, you had to DNF. If you get back up, like get dust back yourself on the horse, off, yeah. get back yeah. on the horse and then yeah. commit to it again the following year or commit to something else, like failure is only yeah. uh, a, a real thing if you allow it to be, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't, I actually well, don't think it's we, a failure. Yeah, we see it across the board. We've seen guys, everyone, not fail, but not complete a race or not mm. complete an event, and they get back up. And, they I, and I guess that's head. why that's one of the most inspiring or, or, or proudest things that you can take out of it, adhering to an event like this, or committing, sorry, to an event like this, is that people say, oh, you know, just getting to the start line is the biggest achievement mm-hmm. which basically means like if you've adhered to your training for that you know serious amount of time like you get there and you really should be taking a moment to reflect on everything up until then you know sacrificing nights out early mornings on a, on a Sunday being absolutely busted up running on sore legs for hours yeah investing extra money into more gear and nutrition stuff as well like 
that is it's it's something to to really really be proud of to get there ready to give it your best effort and sometimes things don't go to plan yeah now i I agree and i think when you started talking about that um you know like you know you you can you could fail and 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 people do fail and, and that's fine and and if you don't try, then, you know, like, what's what's the point? Like, it's Absolutely. Just, you know, and that's, I, I thought of that, you know, we, we mentioned it before, but David Goggins is that if you don't put yourself out there, yeah. then, you know, you, you're never going to achieve anything. Mm. So you've got to fail to achieve something. Yeah, that's right. So, I think it was something awesome that I heard. It was a bit of an edit that Lucy Bartholomew made in the last couple of months that in preparation it might have been for Western States. Friend of the show, like Lucy that. Bartholomew. Big friend. She'd be a great guest, actually. Who's not a fan of the show? And um, she I says... Told her, we'll, we'll fit her in. We're pretty booked for the next couple of months. We'll, we'll, we'll make her in for arrangements. But uh, she said... Um, in the, in the morning of, you're absolutely prepared to have the shittest day of your life, mm. but, but but wanting and willing for it to be the best as yeah. well. Mm. So it's yeah. like kind of having those two, not, essentially two different mindsets that you're accepting that it's going to be an absolutely shit ass day, yeah. but you know, you're going to do everything in your power to make it a great day. I think Mo Farah said very much the same thing. This is going to be the hardest race of my life every time we lined up. And yeah. Mm. Just accept that. It really was. And then I won. And then I won. (laughs) And then I won. All right. Let's talk about some other stuff. So Lighten it up. The 440. So you guys have initiated a weekly run group in Cronulla called the 440. So it sounds a bit like a crack team of paratroopers to me. Um, Can you tell listeners a bit about this concept? I'd love to. It's It's not so much about the run. It's, it's about, about the vibe, boss. It felt rehearsed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can't it we say it enough. Is it an inclusive or exclusive? It's very, it's very inclusive. Very inclusive. That's so, what it's all about. So you just about. let it's anyone in. Absolutely. <laughs> Literally anyone. For, for the, the, the fact that part we of run it <laughs> means that it is completely inclusive. We'll, we'll be power walking laps in the dark some mornings if we're that beat up, but it really is just about um, promoting that message of inclusiveness and it's more a run school than anything, trying yeah. to... Um, push away that stigma of run clubs and um, get away from the, oh, I, I suck at I'm running not a or runner. I hate running or yeah. I'm not a runner. But get there and just, if you're, you know, if you're able-bodied enough to, you know, lace up your shoes, get up at that time of the morning, well, you qualify. Yeah. So get there and get around so it. So you're saying there is a criteria. Can't wear Velcro shoes. You've got to lace away Velcro shoes. No, think, absolutely uh, anyone is anyone is welcome. Been running KT26. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a bit of history on the 440. So We aren't the 440. We, are, we didn't... Initiate. I mean, we initiated the 440 in Cronulla, but the Cronulla chapter. Is that what the chapter? Yeah, I guess yeah. you call it the chapter or the club. But Is it um, the time, like 4:40 a.m. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get okay, there. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Slow down, Judge. So the 440 is, is originated in Bronte. Uh, a guy named Trent Knox and another Toddy Binsker. So they're the two boys that run the 440 in Bronte. They initiated that run club. What it is, it's a 440 meter hill from. Bronte Car Park uh, up along to uh, the, the top of the hill and back down. It's about a 720 metre loop. Mm. 
Uh, the boys, Noxie used to do it as a, a training run for footy, uh, and then he just started inviting people along uh, back in, I think it was maybe 2014, 2015, maybe even earlier. But it became official in 2016. 2016. So I remember I was PTing a, a, a female client who used to head over to Bronte on Saturday mornings and run it, and there was eight people attending, 12 people attending. <laughs> Four people if it was cold weather, but their their whole message is rain, hell or shine. Fifty two weeks, weeks a year, every single Saturday there will be someone there. Um, and then all of a sudden, January, February, I think it was two thousand eighteen. There was like forty people, eighty people, a hundred, hundred and fifty. I think maybe two hundred people was the record. I think they might have had maybe more. Mm. And all of a sudden, it was just this movement that just started in Bronte every Saturday morning. And another one of their, their mantras, they got plenty of mantras, but another one is run, dip, sip. So they, they run, they jump in the pool at Bronte, and then they go and have coffee. Mm. Uh, and the, the whole social vibe around it is what essentially, I think, has grown that club. Mm. And then all of a sudden, I saw an individualized page, uh, the 440 Byron Bay. I thought, okay, well, there's more clubs popping up. So I reached out to, to Trent Knox and said, mate, I want to bring this to Cronulla. And the fact that Goodsy and I had been doing so much running together, um, it was just a natural sort of, uh, it just evolved that way that, you know, he and I um, took control of the 440 Cronulla and we kicked it off in February. And that was actually six months today, six months since we've been running it today. Yeah, six months birthday. Yeah. So, um, and ours has been consistent. Uh, pretty much every single week since we started. Right, for for a average. five a.m. run group on a Saturday morning and in the middle of winter, like I think we probably had about twenty or twenty five this morning, mm, yeah. and we've probably got over forty on a couple of times as well. Yeah, running around laps in the dark, five a.m. on a Saturday morning, like. So you start? Do you start at Cronulla High School? Yeah, Bay Bay Road. Yeah, and it's just literally a little hill loop like that, yeah. ten laps at a time. If you don't want to do ten. Do as many as you feel comfortable with. Come and walk, 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 walk one jog. Walk one And that's what we really just try and say to people. It's you, not so much you about... You go straight up that steep No, you're actually coming down that hill. So right. you take the first left um, into that um, new, estate, new development, yeah. Yeah. then up the first hill, along the top, back down the big one. So 750 metres So you go down the big one because you're big units? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're almost you rolling saying. down that hill. But um, depending on what, on what you're after, if it's just a positive start to your weekend or your tempo run for the week. So on Saturday? Yeah, Saturday morning. 5 a.m. We expect to, it's an early start, but it's I think that's kind of the message that it's mainly about as well is it's at the end of the week. Get your day going. Everyone's, everyone's tired. Um, you know, you, you could be using that as your opportunity to sleep in or, you know, later in mid-morning, going down the gym or get into kids sport or whatever commitments you have but no we're gonna we're all in this together we want to get around each other have a bit of a chat tap some butts and encourage each other and go for a swim and a coffee afterwards love and, a good uh, bum tap love it the most <laughs> plenty of bum taps at the 440 mate oh, yeah. what so, time what time to start 440 five, 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 is that not confusing five, for people the 440 <laughs> so, as I mentioned before the 440 is the length of the hill up Bronte but it was just, you know... It doesn't relate to your run at all. Yeah. Ours is actually 430. There you go. But we couldn't call it 430. Yeah. Does that mean the Cronulla is easier than Bronte and therefore well, softer? It's, it's, <laughs> it's a shorter hill, but it's a longer loop. Ah. So ours is 7.5k, mm. theirs is 7.2k. I think maybe. one of the boys... Less flashy than Bronte. 
yeah. stayers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think Murph, he's holding the. He's got the course record. He's got the, he's got the CR. He's got the yellow Jack Murphy. Yep. Yeah. Friend of the show. Yeah. yeah. He's a legit friend of the show. Yeah. yeah. And he was 20, 28.34. Is the course record at the 440 at the moment? So a couple of weeks ago, we interviewed Chris Truscott, who is the Bronte. Not anymore. Record. Not anymore. Not anymore. No? Last yeah. weekend, it got broken. Okay. By over a minute. Really? Yeah. Chapo didn't even know and absolutely blew the didn't even know he, Yeah, didn't even know he broke the course record. A friend it, of was ours. Was it Mo Farah? <laughs> <laughs> but Chris Truscott was the course record holder with 27 something. Yeah. And uh, yeah, last weekend, a friend of ours, Chapo. Uh, did a twenty six forty four or something? Get on your game, Chris. She's moving. Game. I got a feeling Chris might hunt that one down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can run. Can run. And so, so how do people get involved in the four forty then? How do they find you apart from rocking up at five o'clock? Easiest thing is on the socials is just to follow the four forty on Instagram. But you're more than welcome to just turn up at. 4.59 on a Saturday morning on Bay Bay Road at Cronulla and get around us. You'll be greeted by a big smile and a hug yeah. first thing on a Saturday morning. We'll be super stoked to be there and do some laps in the dark with you. I'll, so, come, I'll come for the bum tap. Sorry. Oh, yeah. I was just going to add, you know, following the 4.40, that is um, the the original 4.40 page. However, that's the, the one social page for all the 4.40 clubs. Um, but each run club director or run boss as we're known collectively who's the boss who's the boss we're, we're both the run boss um, but to, to find out a power struggle <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, to, to find out more about the 440 Cronulla specifically uh, following our socials would be the best way to do that because you Following the 440, you've got 15 other run clubs. Right. That's um, growing that much, 15 clubs. Yeah, so they're, they're actually... The goal is to get a million people moving at one time. Yeah. That's kind of the, the idea behind it. So they're drastically looking for more run bosses mm-hmm. around in different areas to set up these run groups that are, that are willing to commit to hosting a run a group mm-hmm. 52 weeks a year. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, so it's... I, I don't consider it a hard slot at all is that, a, is that in your wheelhouse Matty or it's is work, work interfering it. with it yeah, yeah I'd like to come down and have a run oh we'd love, love to have it we'd love to have all three of you there at once yeah. so I just had a thought comrades the, the ultra marathon in South Africa each year they change the course direction so one one year I have thought about that yeah one year you run you know downhill and the next year you run it in, in you run it backwards mm. so why don't you guys because it's such a such a big hill why don't you guys reverse it each week well that's a, not only is that <laughs> something half the people are going to show up but as well um, we've already started to softly think about some contingency plans when. Uh, we get flagged by the police at five o'clock on a Saturday morning because 50 people are running around the block making too much commotion. So too much slapping of ass. Yeah. <laughs> get too much vibe. That's just, that's just vibe that potentially can come handle that. time of the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. The 440 boys are out. <laughs> just get involved. Get out your front door and have a crack. That's, that's it. it. That's, what's well, that's what it's about, eh? Yeah. So... Dan, did I just see that you also rode 100 kilometres on an indoor ergo? What's that about, mate? I'm yet to row 100 kilometres. It's in oh, the this... process. So, oh, right. uh, At my gym in May, we ran a competition among our members. 
um, involving the, the concept two rower and the concept two skier. We divided our members up into three teams led by the three staff that work at my gym. Mm. And the competition was basically to accumulate as many kilometres on the row and the ski collectively as possible within the month. The winning team ate and drank for free at our mid-year party. Mm-hmm. At the end of the month, uh, myself, my brother, who's a coach at the gym, and our other staff member, Anthony Sams, we sort of looked at each other and we were just blown away by the enormity of what actually occurred in that month. Uh, we actually completed almost 16,000 kilometres, which is four times the width of Australia. Mm. Um, we had about 108 people participate. And people were just banging out half marathons, half marathons and marathons, and marathons, and marathons. Like it was nobody's business. Rowing. So we yeah. rowing and skiing. skiing. So we had we had near 120 half marathons completed, <clears> and <throat> over 30 full marathons completed on these machines. And if you ever spent any time on them, that's a really shit massive day. effort, effort <laughs> and a shit time, yeah. But getting back to the 100K, uh, I looked at our, my staff members at the gym on like the second last day of the month and said, boys, this has been an absolutely incredible month. I'm going to say it right now. I'm going to commit to doing a 100-kilometer row. One off. One off. Yeah. Unbroken. So I don't want this to sound dirty, but how many strokes? <laughs> well, if you're working at, if you're working at it's it's 23 <laughs> strokes a minute, seven and a half hours, whatever that equates to. Will it work? Will it take you seven and a half hours? I'm, I'm aiming to complete it in seven and a half hours. Um, however, the, the, the purpose of the actual event is not specifically for time. Like the boys and I agreed that we're not racing. Um, we're actually, each of us has chosen a charity that we're going to raise money for. Um, I've chosen the Leukemia Foundation. My brother's chosen the Children's Cancer Foundation and Samsie's chosen Beyond Blue. Uh, and each of us is aiming to raise five grand uh, for our respective charities. And we'll all be sitting on the rower for as long as it takes to get 100K done. Mm. We've got another, so we've got four rowers. We've got another six to, tw- uh, six to 10 rowers coming down. Uh, and we encourage people to come down and, and just bang a few Ks out. We don't care whether you row one or whether you row cool. 15 or if you want to row a half marathon or whatever it might be. We just mm-hmm. want people to come along and support us, give us a bit of chat yeah. and uh, try and keep us away from as many dark moments as possible because there's going to be some, I think. Oh, I reckon yeah. Strava Matt would sign up for 50% of that. He'd do it. Or he'd say he's going to do 100K <laughs> and then he'll do 50. Yeah. But you he's give a him a time or a he's a rower. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's he'll, a rower. Get so, involved. Yeah, get involved. Like, as many people as we can get what's to what's come the down. Date? The 15th of September, 7am kickoff. Mm. When surf Same day as Blackmoors, actually. So, if you're running a half marathon you that day, half you're popping up. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> thinking I'm going to wedge myself with a half marathon row after the half marathon that morning. Why not? So, I've, I've actually got quite a few people doing that. You're still doing a few row races? Oh, it's just, uh, that's more a training run this year for New York at the end of the year. Mm. So I'm going over to New York to... These are the extra goals that we were talking about. To uh, run the New York Marathon with um, my business partner's wife. It's her first ever full marathon. So I'm super stoked to get over there with a few of the girls from the gym and support them and hopefully get Caitlin across the line in under four hours. Yeah, cool. Epic. Mm. Patient in Gymrella Health, Caitlin. Oh, Killing it. Friend of the show. Yeah, looking after her. (laughs) (laughs) 
So you order blown if she doesn't go under four? Mate, no, <laughs> she's not going under. No, she, no she's, she's not going under. She's not going over. <laughs> she's going to do it. So, Goodsy Dan, you, you guys are heading up north this weekend. So... By the time this thing comes out, you'll have already been, but you're about to compete in the Red Bull Defiance, which is a two-day-long adventure race. So what are the components? What are you guys in for? Uh, Should we start with day one? Yeah, you have to. <laughs> how, many, how many days? Two days. Two, two days. Two days, yeah. Did you already say that? Mm. 150K in a cumulative total. Yep. Per day. No, no, total, total of two days. But uh, running actually isn't the priority. No, it's uh, so we we actually start with a ten k whitewater raft, and it's actually a piercing or so, yeah. So we're in a pair. Yeah, so it's a, yeah, it's a pairs race. So Goods and I have paired up. Ten um, k whitewater raft on the Tully River, which is actually where the whitewater rafting world championships are being held this year. So yeah, well, that should be an interesting experience. Followed that up by a twenty three k run. From start to finish, it's got 1,100 metres of elevation, and by the course profile, it's from start to finish, it's all uphill. Okay. And then you follow that up with a 52k mountain bike, and that's day one. Mm-hmm. Uh, day two, 22k mountain bike into an 18k kayak, where we go off the mainland of Australia out to Dunk Island. We'll run, I think, a 10k run on Dunk Island, yep. up to... I forget what the top of the uh, the peak up there is called, but 10K on Dunk Island, and then a 4K sprint paddle back to the mainland, and an 8K soft sand sprint back to the finish line. Whoa, Can you not say sprint? Yeah. <laughs> 8K soft sand Curl. sprint. 8K soft sand trudge. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, and so... Is this a marked course? Is there navigation involved? I'd hope so. There's no navigation. Yeah, there's no there's no navigation. However, from what I believe, it's actually quite uh, dense rainforest for a lot of it. Okay. I so, feel like Goodsy's out of the loop here. He's, oh, he's, yeah, he's gonna be so out of the loop with Look, this race. I, I've done Red Bull Defiance in I did it in New Zealand in January, so I know what to expect. Yeah. I couldn't rave enough about it yeah. when I came back to Sydney yeah. uh, to Goodsy earlier in the year, so that's why we've teamed up to do this. Are they um, double boats or single boat? Like single double kayak, double kayak. Double kayak. Yeah, yeah. So Goodsy, you got your own bike. We're not, not in the tent. We're not on the tent. Stick, stick him at the front because he's just going to sit there and go, "Yep, passing." <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. yeah. All right, and I'm so it's a giveaway. It says passenger on it. <laughs> What are the, what are the chances of running into a few crocs while you're on the on the road there? That is a question I do not have the answer to. I okay. wish I did though. <laughs> Far out. You're out of the loop, aren't you? Oh, I'm so out of the loop. Ignorance is bliss going into this race now after I went for my first mountain bike ride with clippings the other day. <laughs> I'm just Did you like, go on? Yeah. 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 Two, Two minutes. minutes. <laughs> Two minutes. The first time and then put me on the bike and I don't know if I just cooked it and had the setup wrong but I was like I've ridden a motor mountain bike before I've gone to whip around the first corner and you know slide the tail out a little bit back in the old days boom over the handlebars just cheese grated myself hard what he's done is he's only this oh, he's he's had, YouTube clip here because he's had the front bacon and back, back brake mixed up he's come to cut, go around the first corner I think it was actually less it was probably 60 seconds into 
his first mountain bike training ride. <laughs> oh, man. And he's Learning hit the front brake right. and lost the front end and just hit the deck. And I've just turned around and seen a <laughs> plume of dust rising into the air. Wow. And from then on, the uh, the demeanour was just absolutely filthy. Yeah, <laughs> I was pretty deflated. To shit sport. To shit sport yeah, when you come seriously. off that. So 53k should be a breeze. Yeah. <laughs> Did you say hello to any runners while you were on the bike, or did that just go out again? Didn't even say to the blokes he was riding with. There was no. Yeah. Yeah. It seems to happen when you get on a mountain bike, though, yeah, right? It yeah. Turned into a prick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're not mountain biking matters. <laughs> MTB matters. Yeah. <laughs> So, plenty of training on the white water and plenty of training on oh, the mountain bike. Yeah, very, very competent. All right. <laughs> Should be interesting then. Uh, it's, it's very much uncharted territory. Yeah, tr- treating it as a fun weekend away and as well, like, just added to the notion of really just getting outside our comfort, comfort zone, zone that's and right, trying, yeah. to, trying to be okay with that, except that some of it's going to be absolutely shitty house and yeah. be confident that it probably won't be the end of us. Yeah, you guys will be fine. Except for the croc thing. I'm not so sure about yeah, that. Yeah, I, I don't know about that. Hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know about that. We'll see. I'm sure we'll be fine. I mean, I'm sure Red Bull wouldn't put a race on up there. Surely. Surely they wouldn't, no. And people being taken by crocs. With all the cliff diving and the jumping from <laughs> yeah. a spaceship, you know, with a yeah. Red Bull are renowned for putting people in danger. Yeah. <laughs> 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 They're not risk takers. No. They're not risk takers. You guys will be fine. Don't worry about it. What about you, Judge? What's next on the agenda? Uh, Surf Coast. Surf Coast Century. Well, not the Century, but Surf Coast Half Century. It's called Surf Coast Century. We'll just call it Surf Coast. We've got a discount code, and so if people are listening, they can look up the preview of this podcast, and our our listener code will be at the bottom of the podcast. So just look up the information. 10% discount? We've got a 10% discount. So Jump save, on. Save 35 bucks. It's significant, isn't it? Surf Coast Century. Yeah, yeah. I'd save for the 35 bucks. Yeah. 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 So yeah, the 50K? Good. 50K. Um, I had a, little, had a little injury the other day, so not really sure if um, how, that'll, how that'll go in the uh, next couple of weeks of training. How big is the hole in your knee, mate? Oh, let's call it a 50 cent piece okay. oh. um, diameter and probably 50%. Fifty cent piece depth as Dude, well, just, just above the uh, kneecap. Yeah, right. So, um, little trail running advice for everybody: step on top of the log and not in between the log. Yeah, <laughs> right. So, yeah, I impaled, impaled myself on a little tree branch on the weekend, oh. and um, yeah, so surf coast might be just a bit of, bit of fun for me. I might be crewing for you guys. Nah, you'll see what happens. You'll be fine. <laughs> you'll come. And so, can you tell us about the the incident? So, you're up in the Blue Mountains, impaled yourself on a log, 50 cent cubic size gash in the middle of your leg. How how long did you have to hike out of there? So, it was four four to four and a half K. We were off, we'd we'd started a run at the top of Govett's Leap up in Blue Mountains. Just a flat section of Blue Mountains. A flat section, section. We'd gone across Evans Lookout and down through the Grand Canyon mm. and down to the river. We were about a kilometre away from Junction Rock, which is the sort of the exit trail out, and um, running along a nice flat section of section of trail. And um, Michelle, the boy, was, um, was running in front of me and uh, took two steps over the top of a log and uh, I took 
my first step in between the log, mm. <laughs> clipped a toe, went over and um, impaled myself on a little broken branch that had come out of the log. Mm-hmm. And um, didn't really feel anything, to be honest. And then uh, took took stock of myself when I was on the ground and um, hit my shoulder as I went down. Uh, check the shoulder, check the body, looked down to the knee, had a, had a fair bit of blood pumping out of the, oh. out of the edge, edge of the leg. Um, Realised that we didn't have any medical assistance, medical anything in our bags. Um, made some kind of clothing tourniquet. And, um, out of an arm warmer? Out of an arm warmer. Yeah. Thank, <laughs> thank you, arm warmers. Thank you, Audi. Yeah. And um, tie, tied it up, put it in a little knot, stuck it in a hole and off we went. And uh, and it was about I think four hundred meters vert we had to get out of in four yeah. k's around about stairs and ladders. You got to learn a bit about yourself then. Yeah. So just just for the listeners, um, I've seen a photo of this, and, and there were a number of different coloured objects poking out of that hole in your leg. Oh. Can you explain to us what they were? I think most of it was meat. Sorry, Matty. Um, <laughs> I know you're a little vegetable, but um, anyway, um, most of it meat, but I a little bit of fat poking out. I'm just getting a photo out now for the boys, and unfortunately, I tucked that fat. Oh. <laughs> I tucked that fat back into my leg. And... Oh, dog's breakfast. <laughs> It's impressive. We'll, we'll post a photo of that. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. For sure. That'll get some traction. Anyway, so so you did well. You got out. You survived. How many stitches later? Six stitches later. Just a good old Aussie cricket ball. So okay. Look, I'm happy with it. Perfect. Yeah, healing well. Well, well, we'll be, we'll be back. Yeah, so surf, surf goes. goes 50k. Surf You'll be goes. sweet as a nut. Yep. And then we'll crush UTA 100. All right. Can we, uh, can we finish off with a few quick fire questions? I'm going to go around the three of you and just ask a few uh, few simple running questions. So, I'll start with you, Dan. Favourite movie to fire up the night before a big race? Oh, that is a hard question. Something like uh, Remember the Titans or Any Given Sunday or something like that. Nice. Guzzy? Um, I've been getting into a lot of my... Uh, YouTube's short like running documentaries and stuff at the moment. There's a great one on uh, Courtney Dewald if you haven't seen it yet called The Source. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's which good. is really impressive. So yeah, I like the board stuff. shorts. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Judge? Talladega Nights, Shake and Bake. Yes, perfect. What about favourite song to cross the finish line to? I'll go to you first, Judge. Just jumping into We Are the Champions, but that's. Terrible. Come back. We can come back. Uh, Denzel Curry, Bulls on Parade. It's actually a cover of a... Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, yeah. Rage Against the Machine song. Oh, my gosh. Do yourself a favour and listen to that right now. Wow. So this is is you too, Dan? Yeah, absolutely. I I think I've probably listened to that song more times in... That's every, that's every Saturday morning full blast on the way to the way 40, the 40, 40, 40 yeah. Were you guys listening to this when you did cross the line? Because I've never seen two more pumped up. Who <laughs> <laughs> we were serenading we each other as we went across. Yeah. The, the chest beating was, was powerful. It was unbelievable. <laughs> Judge, have you thought of something better than We Are The Champions? No, I was just going to say, it was just pure silence with me in the background saying, I am a hundred guy. <laughs> <laughs> just some little... 
Crickets. <laughs> All right. Favorite post long run meal? Pizza, without a doubt. Yep. Go to? It doesn't even have to be after a long run, it can be any time of day. <laughs> <laughs> and is there a specific brand, specific type? Oh, I've been a big fan of Ugly Pizza in Caring Bar for yeah, oh, quite forget, a few months now. The forget about Forget about the Boston. Oh, the New Yorker. Pizza. Yeah. I'm probably eat burger Cronulla accompanied by any form of ale to rehydrate. Okay. You know. Sydney Brewery, probably? Of course. You yeah. know, a couple of Glamouramas, no doubt. <laughs> well, I actually will say the Glamourama is probably my choice, my pick of the bunch Good today. Beer, hey. So, yeah. I'm just, I'm just a straight up beer, beer guy. So just no food straight into the beer? Oh, I, I had a little bit of chicken soup. Chicken soup. No, no, no. But after a long run, what, what, what floats your boat? What gets you through the last 10Ks? Yeah, just bacon. 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 Purely bacon. Beer, bacon, and chicken too. That is an epic combination. Perfect. Get on to it, boys. Um, Favourite beer at the moment? It is... Gee, let me see what's on the table here. Glamorama. It was was a solid day for The Glamorama was grouse. Yeah, I rated it. Yeah, it was definitely my pick. Three Glamoramas. Good. Well done. But I'm getting onto their porter or whatever it was. was, was And and last question. Favourite running store? Oh, run Allah, of course. Run Allah, go down here, look at Don't say Sean or Run Allah. Absolutely. <laughs> Actually, that's a good segue. <laughs> <laughs> this may surprise you. But you can get the Running Matters podcast T-shirts from Ronaldo at the moment. Wow! Going like hotcakes, twenty five bucks. That'll turn some heads on the trail. Are you guys going to get some? Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, make sure you get in there and get one. We'll line you guys up some four forty shirts too, but you got to turn up. Yeah, mate, I've been. I know you've been. We'll start talking to Judge and Wolfie. I already finished in in just under half an hour. I was like, what do I do with the rest of my morning now? (laughs) Going for another three hours. (laughs) (laughs) At about twelve o'clock. Is that morning? <laughs> <laughs> what does everyone do before 9 a.m.? Yeah. <laughs> all right, boys. I think we've got all the information we need out of you. We can all go run UK 100. If anyone can't do it after that, they're kidding themselves. Good chat. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for coming in. Thanks for giving up your time, guys. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much for having us, guys. Yeah, love it. And it. so if uh, people are motivated to, to come and train with you locally, what's the name of your training business, Dan? My gym is called Mind Body Athletic. Yep. Uh, located down in Caring Bar. It's about 800 metres from Guzzi's gym. Yeah. Well, and and you're, on <laughs> you're on Instagram? Absolutely, yeah. So yeah. Mind Body Athletic <laughs> yeah. uh, is your Instagram handle. Um, if you want to get in contact for the 440, dan.mba Instagram handle. Okay, cool. And what about yourself, Guzzi? And uh, I'm the co-owner of Rhino Health and Fitness, also in the Tarrant Point area. So if... Uh, Dance gym doesn't float you, babe. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> it's not like that at all. We never not talk all about that. work. <laughs> all right, awesome, guys. Thanks again. And uh, for the listeners, uh, make sure you follow or subscribe to us. And uh, we'll see you next week for another episode. Over and out. Thanks, Thanks boys. boys. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers, lads. It's all in. Good That's chat. <laughs> Did we go over we go over time a bit there or not too bad, what was it? Hour and a half. One thirty seven. Was it? Nah, it's just time time to get out there, guys. A bit long. It's alright. What's your what's an episode did you go for? Hour. Hour ten. Over an hour. Yeah. We had three people though. Yeah, is there is there a stipulation of time on those things or not? Nah.
Just going off the chat, it didn't feel like we were in here for an hour no, and 40 minutes. Yeah, no, I guess it was good it's chat. Good. Yeah. Oh, there was a little section that got slow. <laughs> <laughs> did you notice, did you notice your uh, interview with Rowan? How you, you know, said, oh, it's definitely recording. And I, yeah. and I left that in. <laughs> that was good. That no, was good. Was that on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's definitely on. Mm. Uh, tell you what, I went to, um, went to netball finals this morning. Good. To, to see Ava O'Hara, my niece, um, win her grand final. Um, 14 minute quarters. In the grand final. Yeah. Bang on 14s. Why 14? Don't know. Is it usually 14? It's usually 15. So there's four minutes of, I don't know, 20-odd oh, right. games okay. that never got played. That's, that's a fucking it's long that's, time. In especially lose by one point. Is it that good? What they, so it's less in the final. For some reason, it makes no sense. That makes absolutely no sense. Minutes should play things more in the final. Just make it a war of attrition. Yeah. 40 minute quarters, girls. Yeah. I'm going to for a piece. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about that. It is funny, though, if you don't have a structure like that, chat could have gone on and on and on. Oh, I'm happy to sit here and talk shit and drink nah, beers like, and talk about running all night. Question, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, get in before Gucci starts talking again. <laughs> <laughs> That was good. That fight heaps of Yeah. It's good practice for us, actually, because we're starting our own podcast. Oh! Yeah. 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 What's going to be called? 4-3. A good chinwag. It's a good name. Yeah, yeah. A good chinwag. Nice one. In what, what realm? What, like, is there a... Uh, definitely don't want to go just down the health and fitness sort of route. and have a chat. Talking. Just want to be more having a chat, speaking to business owners, young business owners, athletes, but more so to the angle of just people that have had to overcome struggle. Yeah.